Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Soleil Divine, and you're listening to Adjust Your Way. Adjust your way to 100k the show that gives you insight on a very profitable career in the insurance adjusting industry make sure you subscribe on your favorite platforms and share with anyone looking to get into a lucrative lucrative career hey we're back mr elite we're back took a little break a little bitty break a long break (laughs) mental health is important gotta get the rest the just your way to 100k team is back and today what are we talking about what are we talking about? We're talking about adjuster lingo. Adjuster Adjusting. lingo. Adjusting lingo. Because why, why are we... We need to talk about it because adjusting is its own world with its own vocabulary. Correct. A lot of different things. What What's one of the words that caught you up in the beginning? Do you remember anything? Uh, nothing because you had schooled me for three, four years. So I already knew most <laughs> of the lingo. You was already ready, huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. You was working from home. I was working from home. And you would tell me about all your stories. Oh, and sucks. I have to keep up. A-L-E. Yeah, yeah. That's um, one of them. You know. Uh-huh. That's the one you use the most. Uh, you, well, you want to start out with A-L-E? Well, we can start off with that one. We can start with that Okay. That's fine. So, A-L-E. A-L-E. Is additional living expense. Not pale ale. Pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> Lager. <laughs> uh, so additional living expense. Um, this is one thing that you're you're gonna hate as an adjuster dealing with is additional living expense. Because um when you're dealing with a catastrophe, definitely like when the home is uninhabitable, um that's an argument that's had between you and the insured and you have to explain to them that, hey, just because you don't have electricity in your home does not mean your home is uninhabitable. And, the, but the, so, yeah. <laughs> discomfort doesn't make things inhabitable. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, un- being uncomfortable is not grounds to get additional living expense. Gotcha. Um, but, Maybe possibly if you have an extenuating circumstance or some kind of a medical condition, um, your carrier may allow it, but um, it has to be uninhabitable per your policy, and uninhabitable is not what the insured is going to think it is. Gotcha. Um, so also, additional living expense comes into play when there's a civil authority situation where um, the area... For those who don't know what yeah. civil authority is, that yes. means... Your government. Yeah, yeah. The parish, the county, the municipality has deemed um, evacuation order of some kind for whatever reason. The area is just unsafe. Um, When that order is put in, um, your additional living expense will come into play. Automatically kicks in. Yep. But when you're allowed to come back, which is usually in for a catastrophe, usually, I'm saying a hurricane, maybe two to three days you're allowed to come back. Um, that ends and some insurers don't understand that. So it's just, um, it's a contentious thing that you got to deal with on those catastrophe claims. A L E. One of the most important things to know. Yeah. It takes some time to figure it out to really understand. At least it did for me. At first I didn't really understand it and I was afraid of it. Because it's not in black and white. There's some gray area to it. It's a lot of gray to it. It's a lot of gray and it's your job as the adjuster to figure it out. Definitely as the desk adjuster, the field usually hands that off to us as the desk adjusters, and we make a determination. Very rarely in the field will you see them get in the middle of that. 
Gotcha. All right, so let's go with oh one of my favorites for my for my Law and Order fans. You, do you ever wonder what happens with a claim when it's rendered as fraud and there's some kind of fraudulent activity? Well, those claims go to a special unit. What unit is this? A unit that only deals with these type of claims. A special set of skills these people have. I'm talking about the Special Investigations Unit, a.k.a. S-I-U. S-I-U. Not SUV. Not doom doom. No. <laughs> Not that, not that. S I U. So, um, S I U. We can escalate a claim to S I U if we see that there's some kind of fraudulent activity going on. Okay. Um, for instance, I had this one claim. Boy, I wanted to send it to S I U so bad. There was a. What happened? What would make you want to send something to S I U? Uh, it depends on what kind of claim we're talking about. If we're talking about an auto claim. Um, if it's the key indicators for fraud, um, because there's a lot of fraudulent activity that we get told about, like every fraud that a person could possibly commit, I want you to not do it because we, as your adjusters already know what fraud looks like. And there are key indicators that you as the lay person or the lay criminal don't even understand what's going on. And you may think you're getting away with this. Oh man, you might think you're getting away scot-free, but I'm here to tell you, adjusters know they just may not want to send it to SIU on this particular occasion. But you go back to the fruit bowl and dip your hands in, you're going to get caught. Hey, there's certain things that, hey, it may not be SIU worthy, but it's something questionable. Um, But if there's clear indicators, we can't send it to SIU and they can determine if they're going to take it from there. Um. But for those that don't know, there is a system that connects every insurance claim that you have, whether it's auto, personal, workman's comp, anything. All of them are there in that system. So when you commit fraud and with one company and you think, oh, well, I'm going to go over to this other company and do the same thing. <laughs> it's all the same system. It's all the same thing. SIU going to be on you. They know what's going on. So SIU, Special Investigations Unit. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, but what, what would be a case where you would send it to SIU? The specific situation where I wanted to send it, but my manager told me not to, was when there was an agent, an AO, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, there was an agent that kept intervening on this claim I had, and come to find out the agent was like the niece of the insured. And Ooh. the person that was supposed to be fixing, the repairing the, the home was an uncle of the insured. And they could not get their story straight. They couldn't get the documentation straight. And it was bothering me because the agent just kept inserting herself. Hey, that's my aunt. And she called me and said, you need X, Y, Z. It was just a lot of back and forth. Um, I didn't like it. Conflict of interest. Yeah, I felt like it was a major conflict of interest and some inflation going on. But my manager said that's not necessarily SIU worthy, so I didn't send it. I work in property claims, so... You know, it's a little bit of a different thing. It's a little bit harder. A little different. Um, so, okay. So yeah. What's the next one? Okay. So, the next one, we got SIU out of the way. Yeah. One of my favorites. Um, but let's go with, this is what every everybody asks me about. Everybody asks me, what does this mean? What is a deployment? The word deployment is a deep, deep, deep adjuster lingo word. Um, and it's confusing. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, because deployed 
means that you're actually uprooted from your location and moved and deployed yeah. to another location. Yeah, like in Army instances, um, yeah. deployment means you're getting shipped out, you're going somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, you're, you're leaving. Yeah, so... Um, so in insurance-adjusting lingo, what is deployed? So in insurance-adjusting lingo means you're basically going... You're getting on an assignment, whether that is a centralized assignment... Um, this could be sort of a caveat to this as far as lingo. Centralized means you're in one spot. Right. You're a desk adjuster, right? Right. Um, or it could be a field deployment, meaning you're going to be out in the field. Um, so Which you actually would be. The, you actually you would, would be, be leaving. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that all of these things used to mean something different before 2020 began. Right. Um, deployment used to always mean, hey, you're leaving. You're going out of town, even if you're working a centralized position. Um, but now... You've got remote positions, centralized remote positions. Um, so deployment does not necessarily mean you're leaving all the time. It basically essentially means you're getting an assignment. Yeah. Getting an assignment. That's it. Don't so read more into it than that. Deployment. Yeah. You're getting an assignment. You are being hired on as a probably a contractor. Contractor. And just because you're W-2 <sighs> doesn't mean you're not a contractor. Right. Yeah, so um, you're getting you're being brought in to do some work on this assignment uh, to help this carrier out with the influx of claims or whatever's happening. We're essentially we're essentially consultants, you know. Um, Independent insurance adjusters are essentially consultants. Yeah, so you're, you're that's why we say business owners, this is a good move for you because you can be a consultant. Yes, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what deployment means. We can put it to bed. Gotcha. Um, next, next we have a favorite of mine, recoverable depreciation. Ooh-wee. Recoverable depreciation is a contentious Recoverable thing. depreciation. Mm-hmm. What so, does that mean? So let's break down the word depreciation. So depreciation is a reduction in the value of an asset with the passage of time due to a particular wear and tear. Yeah. So when you have a replacement cost uh, policy, yeah. well, we're, we're replacing it for the cost it is to replace it, not at the cost you bought it, but the cost it is now. Yeah. There's some depreciation that we already build into that. And usually the company, the carrier, will hold back that depreciation until you actually replace the item or until you make the repair. Um, once that is done, you can then contact your carrier and say, hey, would you please release the recoverable? depreciation and you would show proof that that thing has been repaired or bought or what have you insurance is nothing but math guys nothing but math yeah nothing but math you're right about that and there's formulas for them to um uh calculate your depreciation oh oh yeah 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 so when you do your i wish i had a copy of an estimate to show y'all real quick but um on every line item of a, a estimate um especially in property and I'm talking about property. Um, auto, I don't think auto has recoverable depreciation. No, and, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe on like an older school, like a, a special car or something. Possibly. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't think so. They're going to give you the amount that the car. Yeah. No, This we're talking about property right now. Yeah. And contents, because contents has uh, depreciation as well. Um, what was your question? Do... I didn't have a question. You didn't have a question? No. It was a point I wanted to make about recoverable the being all about math. Yeah, so once you replace those items, you're going to contact your adjuster, which is us, and say, hey, 
I want to recover that depreciation, and then you're going to show us proof that it's been done, and we're going to release that depreciation to you. That's what I was going to say. Every line item has depreciation already calculated into it. Yeah. So before you even make your first uh, disbursement of funds or first payment, um, you already know what depreciation is waiting for the insured. It's already calculated. They already see the amount. Um, so recoverable depreciation. Gotcha. You go into Xactimate. If you're in Xactimate, you go to Global Changes, and you'll see all of that. That's some of those tips and tricks I got. Where do you think that's at? It's in the book. It's in the book. 100kadjuster.com. The book that tells you about the strategies, the information of how to get in this industry, how to stay deployed, how to get deployed, and how to take your career to the next level. Adjust your way to 100K. Adjust your way to 100K. So, next on the list. Next on the list for adjuster lingo. Because this is a whole new world, right? It's a whole new world. It's a whole new world, and it's a lot of information in it. That's why I tell everybody to go to Adjuster Pro. Go to adjusterpro.com to get licensed because they were the best at teaching for me. For me, it helped me a lot. Full-scale teaching, and you get the support you need. Yeah, which is really big for an adjuster. That's what's going to keep you in the game. Um, but go to adjusterpro.com. Use my code, SD2022, to save 10%. What's the code? SD, as in Soleil Divine, 2022, to save 10%. So next on our list is public adjuster, or affectionately called the PA. The PA. The PA. You will be introduced to the PA if you are in certain cities for sure. For sure, for sure. I mean, states. I'm sorry. If you're licensed in certain states, mm -hmm. for sure you'll be talking to a PA. Definitely. If you're working in the highly litigious state of Florida, nine times out of ten, there's going to be a PA on your claim. Yes. Um, so what does that mean? The public adjuster is employed by the insured. They're working with the insured to basically, um, they sign an assignment of benefits over to the PA, uh, an AOB, that's another lingo term uh, you're going to see. Assignment of benefits gives them the right to act as the insured. Gotcha. They govern the claim. They can ask for information. Um, when you do the field inspection, if there is a field inspection, they're going to be there. Um so the PA works on behalf of the insured. A PA goes through the similar course that an independent insurance adjuster would go through. Definitely, yeah. Just got a different license, though. Different, different tests. license. Very similar different tests. Different tests. Mm -hmm. But very similar. And yep. they, know, they know the uh, ins and outs. Yeah. So It's their job, yeah. And so they get a percentage of the settlement. To the insured, they take out their 10, 20, whatever percent, and then they give the rest to the insured, and the insured then has to take those funds and repair their property. Correct. That's what, how it works. Um, so that brings us to... So... so yeah. Mm -hmm. PA. PA. Public adjuster. Yep. And then you gave a bonus one, uh, AOB. AOB is an assignment, assignment of, of benefits. benefits. Uh, contractors, PAs, different entities can have the insured sign over their rights to the claim and they call that an assignment of benefits. And there can be one more than one assignment of benefits on each claim. Yeah. Um, and each state has different things that that assignment of benefits needs to have on it. <coughs> like a date, different stuff that it needs to be. Um, your, jurisdictionally, you can see that uh, depending on the carrier. They may have some details about what is needed on the assignment of benefits. Next up. All right. Next up, the next acronym that we got for adjuster lingo is NI. N-I. N-I. Named insured. Named insured. 
What does that mean, Soleil? <laughs> so the named insured is the actual person that's named on the on the policy. Um, the the customer, if you will, the person that yes. the insurance policy whose name it's in. Aren't they also called the policy holder? Policy holder, yes, it is so, depending on the carrier. Depending on the carrier. How you refer to it, but some adjusters have lingo that they use across the board in their notes, like uh, CSR is customer service rep. You know what I mean, like or, or claim yeah. service rep. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So some people use different things, but NI across the board means named and short. Gotcha. Um, pretty simple, right? Pretty simple, yeah. straightforward. You did. You called in, got the, got your home insured. You're the name insured. Yeah. So next up. Yeah. So then we have. Um. So this isn't necessarily an acronym. Mechanical damage. Ooh wee. Mechanical damage. Sounds interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting over. Sounds interesting. Mechanical damage is um the insurer does not like to hear that. Yeah. When we say, hey, we came out and did an inspection and there is damage, but it's mechanical damage. When we say that we mean that it is normal wear and tear. Yep. Cause we don't we don't fix that. That's not insured as the normal wear and tear. If if you have a couch uh-huh. and you sit on it a lot and over the years you know, you're going to see some, maybe some rips, some tears. That is wear and tear. Yeah, wear and tear. Same with your home. Different things wear and tear. Definitely. When we come out, the adjusters are highly skilled. And they can tell some some different things about your roof that constitutes um, not being from a storm, not being from anything sudden, but from over time. Uh, damage or from some kind of uh, debris that's been on your roof that you haven't taken care of or if it was an issue with installation where your contractor was incompetent or negligent and somehow we can tell the difference on that and that would be grouped into mechanical damage and would be grounds for a denial probably. So I know some of you may have been in this situation where you know, you've heard of someone say, oh, I got hell damage, but they really dropped some stuff on the car. We know. Yeah. Don't do that. Adjusters, no. Please don't. Please don't do Please, it. Please, with all your <laughs> everything, do not do this. Don't make it, don't don't try to get on your roof and recreate hail damage. We're going to know. Please don't. We know how hail, it's just, don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. But, um, yes, mechanical damage is mechanical basically Mechanical damage, wear yep. and tear. Wear and tear or some kind of um, uh, mishap in construction. Yes. yes. So Next up. Yeah, that brings me to my next thing. Um, so mechanical damage is usually one of the reasons why there's a denial, right? Right. There can also be a partial denial. I just want to piggyback off that mechanical uh, damage. Uh. So let's say we get on your roof and we see that, oh, this over here is from normal wear and tear, but there is a section of the roof that's been totally blown away. We're going to deny you on that piece that was wear and tear, but we're going to pay for the part that was ripped apart by the storm. Correct. That's sometimes when you'll have a partial denial. Yes. All right. Ooh, this is my favorite right here. This one gave me the blues. You know, I think the one of the things that us as adjusters, we, that takes up a lot of time, are denials. And the second, this, this one we're about to go on right here, R-O-R letters. R-O-R. R-O-R. R-O-R is Reservation of Rights. Reservation of Rights. Mm-hmm. So, what, is, what, what is that? So as an insurance carrier, um, you can reserve certain rights depending on what's going on on the claim. 
For instance, a big issue in property uh, adjusting that I've run into is an insured claiming damage from a storm that happened a long time ago. Um, if it's something, depending on the carrier, this time frame is different. But usually, um, for instance, when I work with Big Red, this time frame was one year. If the damage was over one year old, we send out a reservation of rights letter. The reservation of rights letter is just um, basically putting the insured and their representative, whether it's an attorney or a PA, on notice that we see some issues, uh, being that you took so long to report it or any other issues that we may see per the policy. If you go through the Adjuster Pro Adjuster course, Pro tells you about this, don't they? It's in there. Yeah. I remember this one. What code you got to use to... To get money off the Adjuster Pro, though. SD2022. That's what I thought. SD2022. Yes. Okay. Okay. Adjusterpro.com. Adjusterpro. Okay. All right. ROR. Uh huh. And so, ROR, you don't, do you see this often or is it? You know what? It's on occasion. Used to be, I guess it depends, right? Um, In my beginning of my career, I would see it just ever so often. It was not something that I did all the time. But when I started working in the Florida claims this past year, everybody was claiming damage from the previous year. And a synchron like a, a thing that was also accompanied by those claims were a PA that was on the claim. And we talked about the PAs going around knocking on doors, the contractors knocking on doors. And so what they will do is they'll come out and inspect your roof and say, okay, we see damage up here from a storm. Let's go back to the weather events for your zip code and see what date had the highest amount of wind. Oh, it was August 8th, 2021. That coordinates with this storm. We're going to call your insurance company and tell them that it happened on this date. Wow. They don't even know for certain. Wow. So. Also too. Mm-hmm. For those who have multiple homes, you might want to check on your home every two, three months. Yeah, yeah. Because this can happen, mm -hmm. and this would be, you know, it be it could be some denial for negligence if you don't take care of your responsibility. Right. So here's the other part. Like, let's say something happens in your home, but you don't do anything about it and you don't get it fixed and you don't give us uh, enough time notifying your insurance company. So we have the right to come out and inspect per your policy. And that's the policy you sign. When you're talking to insured, hey, this is the policy you sign. It says we have the right to inspect. Um, but on that ROR letter, you're going to highlight all of that verbiage so they know. Yeah. And you're going to have conditions in that ROR letter, like, hey, I need to speak with you or your representative. I need to take a statement or whatever you need from them. You're outlining it in the ROR letter. It's, basically, there could be a denial back after that, but you're just basically putting the insured on notice. Okay. That's what that does, reserving your rights. So that's the ROR. So kind of accompany with that ROR. Uh, what's, what's also accompany kind of with that ROR is a P-O-L. P-O-L. P-O-L, or proof of loss. Proof of loss is going to be, um, we some carriers provide that to the insured of exact questions of things that they need. Mm -hmm. um, someone, they may ask you to actually just write out something showing or telling about what happened or, you know, pictures. Um, but sometimes in that ROR, you'll ask for a P-O-L as well. Gotcha. Um, all right, and then our last one. We kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. A-O. A-O. A-O <laughs> being the agent's office. Okay. 
when we say, you know, call the AO or did you speak to the AO or there's a note here from the AO, we're, we're saying the agent's office, essentially the agent or somebody, some other agent representative. Um, I talk about the agent in the book, Adjust Your Way to 100K. Because Where can you get it? You can get it at 100K adjuster.com the number 100k adjuster.com um but there's a special chapter i have in there about how to stay deployed and there's specific information about agents offices and how i feel like you should deal with an agent um but definitely when you're making in your notes and you put in ao you're talking about if you see that somebody's talking about the agent and conversations they have you really you're really giving out some 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 real nice little small gems in the vocabulary <laughs> of adjusters. So, so late. Am I putting them on? So late. Am I putting on? Why are you giving out all this info? I just, you know, I want us all to win. That's why I put together the book, Adjust Your Way to 100K. Mm. Um, it sounds has. Like, sounds like a book that you need to get if you don't know what you're doing. Hey, if you don't know what you're doing in insurance adjusting and you really want to be in this, you should have this book. It's, a, it's mandatory. This is the book that has over five plus years of my experience as an adjuster in this book. Five. Five plus now. I can't believe it. Can you believe it's that long? I put all I the secrets. I believe it. I put all the secrets that I wanted to know in this book. I can't believe it either. We're here. We're here. Yeah, because the I, storms are coming. Yeah, the storms are coming. Uh, shout out to P- Puerto Rico. They're going through Hurricane yes. Fiona right now. Um, yes. I hear that as of us recording this, that um, Puerto Rico, 80% without power without and power. without running water. And expected to get uh, a lot of rain over a lot the of rain. next few days. Still, still more rain. Yes, still more rain yeah. coming. So um, our thoughts are with Puerto Rico. Our thoughts and, are with, and, and the Dominican Republic. Yeah, DR is definitely getting hit too. Yes. All those adjusters, as you're preparing to go work Puerto Rico, um, there is a Puerto Rico license because... Puerto Rico is a territory of the of U.S. The United States. But I tell you about how to get licensed, how to build up your licenses, Come how on to now. get certs. Come on What now. companies are going to send you to Puerto Rico? Hello. In the book, Adjust Your Way to 100K. So if you're serious about getting in this thing, that's what you need. Go get the book. Go 100K Adjuster.com is where you Follow get it. Follow on TikTok. On TikTok. Right to Live. At Right to Live. Yeah. W-R-I-T-E. Like you writing a check. Number two. Like you writing that check. You about to have that. Like you writing that check. When you sign the back of that adjusted check, you about to be a, a deposit in your account. Got a check. Got a check. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, we appreciate you. We're glad to be back. Good to be here with y'all. We just hipped you to some real game. The lingo. The lingo is here. Um, When you hear these words, just know you now know what they mean. Uh, so, um, Mr. Elite, it's been great, as usual. It's been great. Y'all know what to do. Subscribe, share, tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's get this money together. Build. Well, I'll let y'all later. Woo!